companies that have big, great, large field and body of work techniques, ways of looking at things differently and, and ways to, to, to model the most successful people in the world and model their behaviors and have mm-hmm. excellence and modeling, or rather modeling excellence, and then we create it in ourselves. So if they do that and they're really successful, by definition, if I do similar things myself, then I should be wildly successful too. So that's where NLP came from, modeling and studying the most successful people, leaders, captains, ministry, therapists, entrepreneurs, coaches, CEOs, you name it, athletes in the world. And NLP, which stands for neuro brain, neuro linguistic language programming. And I often refer to it as neuro linguistic reprogramming as well, because it can also reprogram a lot of our limitations. Hi, and welcome to the 91 Day Success Podcast. I'm Jonathan, and I am thrilled today to have just an amazing guest with me. We've got with us James R. Elliott, and he's an author, he's a coach, he's a business leader. James and I have had a number of conversations leading up to this, and I am just so excited to be able to interview him today and to share some of his expertise. James, as we get started, could you give everybody kind of the 30-second elevator pitch of Who's James Elliott and why are we chatting today? Perfect. So again, my name is James Robert Elliott. I tell people I'm a communication, influence, persuasion, and trust trainer. I teach and train on, on the principles. And I love working with different business leaders because it helps you, again, close more sales, inspire your team, get more done in less time, and end any self-doubt or imposter syndrome, hesitation, procrastination. That prevents us from going out there being real and authentic and inspiring people, either if it's our teams that do their best, if it's our clients, do business with us, if it's people that support you, fund you, whatever it is. So it's taking your brain and upgrading the programs in our brain, our habit, behavior, certain habits that get in our way, and being able to transform that. And that way, do what you need to do to be successful. Not to mention be wildly influential, wildly persuasive, and how people really coming you thanking to do business with you. That's what I do. Oh, that's amazing. Awesome. Thank you so much. Let's start by giving some backstory here. So James, can you tell us a little bit about your journey and how did you get involved in the fields of like NLP training and the life coaching and the leadership development? How do you stumble into that field? Tell us a little bit about that. That's a great question. I had a corporate career of many years. I was at IBM that hard 10 years, I was at a company called Novell as well for about four years or so. So I had a pretty long corporate career, different roles, communication, sales, communication roles, communication roles, and, and supporting a lot of the roles than the roles that I love the role were supporting people, our resellers, our business partners, supporting others, and empowering others to, to do well. And thus by default, we did well. Well, I've always loved supporting people, helping people, empowering, if you want to use that word, people, helping people win. I'll leave it at that, helping people win. And uh, a day came and I got laid off in the height of my career, twice actually, not once, but twice. So I looked up at this guy's whoever or whatever you are, I get it. I understand, get the point. And because I had been having signs, things changing, things happening that I didn't like, things that were bugging me, we often get messages from you, right? And there are little pebbles at first, then the bigger stones, and then they're looking at rocks and then boulders. 
And then we might have something big blow up in our lives to, to tell us, hey, this is, pay attention. This is not for you anymore. This is not what you're made to do. And I wanted to make a bigger difference. I wanted to help people. So I started my business. And I was taking a bunch of courses at the same time that added on to a lot of the university courses I had on psychology, consumer behavior, human behavior. So a lot of courses, including, to your point, NLP, Hypnotic language for business, a lot of marketing language, marketing courses, other really cool tools. I got into being being a coach, being a trainer, and finding my my uh, my stride in being a speaker and a leader. And at that point, I just I love teaching, I love training, I love doing things like this, being in front of people. I'm alive when I'm in front of groups, and just teaching them how to really sell. And their roles upgrade programs in their brain that prevent them from success and then change that to enable them to have a lot of success. And again, be influential, be raw, be real, be unapologetically them and be as authentic as you can be. Now, whether people are going to magnetize towards you, they're going to gravitate towards you, they're going to like you and trust you versus the BS that a lot of people put out because we're afraid of what people think about us or afraid to be made fun of or afraid of people that talk about us. People are going to talk about us anyways. You might as well be you, might as well be real. That's how I got to this role. My business was an evolution as well. I'll keep it fairly succinct. But the business had, has become an evolution. And again, now being a trainer and speaker, understanding and learning that I love groups, love training, love speaking, that here we are. We've had a lot of fun in speaking and training again right now. Awesome. I, I love that. Thanks so much for sharing all that. Talk to us a little bit, James. As an experienced speaker and trainer, what are some of the common challenges that you see business leaders facing today and any tips on how they can begin to overcome some of those? And particularly, if you would, I'd love to hear your perspective on imposter syndrome. For sure. Yeah, that's a really good one. A lot of it is either, either we are not being authentic. And so people are not resonating with us because if we're not authentic, we're not being the real version of us. People can tell that they can tell. Our thoughts and our words and our actions are not congruent, and which is a big thing. You do one thing, you say another, or you say one thing and you do another, people are going to lose respect to you. They, they don't see you as congruent. They don't see you as an authority. And you can break a lot of traps that used to happen a lot before we would see a leader, again, say one thing, do another, or say they would do something and not do it, or vice versa. And you instantly kill a four, you kill trust. You kill any leadership ability you have, and then you must rule by the iron fist versus ruling by being positive influence people and having people want to do their best for you. When you do, when you lead and have people want to do their best, they're excited to work with you. They're excited with who you are, who you stand for, and you're communicating who you stand for. I get the, the what you stand for. And back to your question, the biggest, some of the biggest challenges is not communicating what you stand for. Not standing for something because people will follow you. If you stand for something, this is what I stand for. This is what I want to create. This is who I am. This is my vision. People get on board with that. Not everyone. And those are the ones will either leave or maybe need to fire. If they're completely not seeing your vision or who you are, who you want to be, where do you want to take the business? Then it may be, may be time for them to seek somewhere else where they are more aligned. So that's one of the biggest things as well. Again, not wanting to talk because people are so sick of BS these days, inauthentic leadership these days, 
a lack of humanity in the workplace, whether it's a small business or big business. People are sick of being treated like a number, like a vehicle or a means to an end versus an actual person, a human that we can develop and see their greatness, which helps them, but it also helps the business because they do better and the business does better because they. So those are some of the biggest biggest blocks and biggest challenges I see out there, mistakes. And the other one is people and leaders, especially not doing the inner work. Well, leaders are learners and the best leaders are learners. I guess. And always learning and not just reading the book, but also doing the inner work on what prevents us, our own hangups, our own self-doubt, our own fears or worries or what will people think about us? People like me or not? Will they like my leadership? Will they like what I say? And that prevents it. And then, of course, managing the imposter syndrome or, again, the mistake they make is not managing imposter syndrome. And which is like a virus that stops you from doing a lot of things. And it's often status quo. And we keep our heads down as leaders. I used to do that too. Keep your head down, do the job, do the busy work, get the job done. And we wonder why we're not getting big promotions. Not that people are being promoted up over us. It's just because we're doing the little things, the little work. We're not speaking out and we're not contributing. We're not making ripple, making noise, whether it's right or wrong, whether people agree or not. We're not making noise and, and making waves and, and causing change and with the intention to help. And that's a big thing too, as leader to do, which is head down, focus on it. Task focused leadership never gets you anywhere, never gets your people anywhere. It doesn't get the right respect as well. Just making sure everyone's on task or you're on task, everyone's doing their cog in the wheel or hammering the peg in the hole. I would say that's another big mistake if doing that and instead of what you want to do is developing your people, but these are said to done, although developing your people and by that way, you also develop yourself and you develop your help your people win. You win by default because you recognize for having a kick-ass team, you recognize for being a leader, change maker, getting results. I find a lot of leaders focus too much on themselves. And ironically, they focus too much on themselves in an effort to get a raise, get a promotion, get a client, get a team. And it actually does the opposite by focusing too much on themselves and looking only at their own stuff. It actually prevents their success because their team is not winning. And if the team is not winning, the leader is not winning. Those are two things that I see. And again, like numbers, people are people. They want to be heard. They want to be seen. And if you have someone feel that they're heard and seen by you as a leader, whether you're a customer, whether it's a team member, a staff, a colleague, whoever it is, or even a, a higher up, if they feel heard and seen, anything is possible. Literally anything is possible. And if people will respect you, they'll support you, they'll help you, they'll promote you, they'll buy from you when people feel heard and seen. And present. Your question about imposter syndrome, it's, it's a big one. And everyone has. And even the biggest leaders have it. People that say they don't have it are, I'll keep this, keep this PG rated, are lying basically. People, we all have imposters. We all have self-doubt. We all wonder, okay, what are people going to think? What are people going to say? What if they do this? What if they do that? What if we get it wrong? What if I fail? What if this fails and that fails? We can be highly confident leaders, yes. And everyone has a bit of self-doubt. Everyone has a bit of imposter that is there. And imposter syndrome is just a really a fancy word for self though, and, and wondering if we are good. The old human condition of, am I good? 
Am I worth it? Am I good enough? Do it. And this deep belief or concern and thinking that we're not good. So that keeps our heads down. Perhaps if we don't feel good enough, we don't go for it. We don't go big. We were not bright and bold and speaking and communicating whether we're right or wrong, contributing whether people like the idea or not, leading whether it works or not, or going in a certain direction whether it works or not. So the imposter syndrome again is like a virus that gets in there and it literally kills like viruses do. It kills your success. It kills the success of your team as well. Because if we feel we're imposters, who am I? Who am I to lead others? Who am I to teach others? Who am I to influence others? Who am I to help my team members when they're struggling? Yeah, then it's like a virus that gets in your way and literally will kill your own success because your people are not winning. Right? They may be hammering the peg in the hole and cranking the wheel. It's metaphoric, of course. They will never be wild and successful, and thus you will never as well if you let that imposter sit, keep your stuff. So seek resources, seek help, leadership. Speak out anyways. Be okay not knowing everything in front of your team. You don't need to know it all. Say, I don't know. I'm going to go find the answer. And again, I promise you, listening and being present to your customers, your teams, please listen to people. Your customers, teams, and be present when you're listening, not often face or worried about God knows what. Be present with people. And by, by that alone, by doing that alone, you will be dramatically different from 95% of other people in the world. Present, listen, have people feel heard, feel seen. Repeat back verbatim what they've said. So you know you've got it. And so they understand that you got it and you live too. Just repeat back verbatim what they said. It was one of the biggest tips I had. Monster syndrome, find ways to work on yourself. We can talk a bit about some of the tools that, that I use, whether it's NLP or timeline or creating a future. If you wish, we could talk a bit about that later about how to affect largely also send yourself that those are some of my initial thoughts or no question. Awesome. I think that's a great insight. And my next question may lead into some of those techniques, but you talked about how great leaders are learners and the importance of that ongoing and continuous learning in both personal and professional development. What resources or avenues do you provide or do you recommend that leaders look at to help along that learning journey? That's a, it's a great question. Well, there, there books books are always a good way. I I love, whether it's quick reads, whether it's Blinkets, there, there's a million apps, a million quick reads. I like Blinkets because it's not too quick of a read that it's like, all right, this one page is not cannot tell me everything about the book. Anyways, there's lots of different apps, quick reads, speed reads, Cole's notes. Some are better than worse, better or worse than others. But again, if you like the, if I like the quick read, then usually I'll buy the book. Or if I think I got enough from it, then I won't. It gives me a way to read lots of books. You even told me about a tool on my podcast yesterday, tool to basically summarize videos, someone or videos or trainings. And I think you even said they'll summarize ebooks as well. Remind us actually, if you don't mind. I remind us what that yeah no absolutely absolutely so yeah it's a, a brand new uh, ai tool a lot of my viewers know i'm into a lot of the ai tools and how do we use them not only to make ourselves more efficient but to better serve our clients and provide them with more value as james i'm a huge believer if we provide our customers with more value that's going to benefit our team our business our leadership everything and the tool i just discovered is called harpa dot AI. It's H-A-R-P-A dot AI. And it's a Chrome extension 
that utilizes chat GPT. But the neat thing is, and James and I talked about this on his podcast, is the ability, if you're like me, James, you probably get videos every day from people going, hey, you should watch this or this, yeah. or you Thanks. just see things you're interested in because there's so much free content, but I don't have enough hours in the day to watch it all. You can go to a video with ARPA and pull that Chrome plugin up and say, summarize the video, and it will literally analyze that video and it'll give you bullet points out of it. And it's amazing because this happened after our podcast yesterday, but Google yesterday did a huge release on all their new AI technology. It was almost a two plus hour keynote speech. I didn't have time to read, to watch two hours of Google's keynote, but I was very interested in what was in there. I was able to go to Harpa AI and get about four pages of bullet points in about a minute and a half. Wow. I could then skim the bullet points, pick out the stuff I was interested in and learn more. So great tool. Yeah. Thank you for mentioning that. Welcome. Uh, as business owners are looking to learn, what do you believe, James, are some of the essentials that they need to be cultivating and learning in order to thrive in today's changing landscape? Very, a very good question. It's funny you mentioned AI assistant to literally audio and send some bullet points. But you raise a good point. I think it's important for business leaders to always, again, like I said, be working on themselves. Yes, learning, learning about the business, learning about communication, influence, human behavior, consumer behavior, but also working on themselves, finding courses that work on self-development. And I don't care if someone's a great communicator or a great influencer or has a high degree of confidence or skill or whatever. We all need to be always working on ourselves. Otherwise, if not, someone is going to surpass you. And if you're okay with that, then cool. If you're not okay with that and them taking your job, but then taking your customers eventually, then again, we always need to be working on ourselves, work on what doesn't work in our life, upgrade the patterns, the habits, the, our operating system, if you will, in our brain that we've been programmed with through life. And that's one of the, one of the big things I do in my course is we upgrade that operating system and the behaviors of programs that action, the pattern, the habits we have that no longer serve us or that are completely contravening our success in our business. And whether it's our shutting down or shutting up or being too emotional with people or too gruff or not enough, not communicate enough, not being powerful enough, not speaking out, not speaking up enough, whatever it is, whatever it is, I think big mistake to not always be working on ourselves. Okay? I think life is a journey. When we're done, we're dead. Not to get too esoteric on you. But it is. We're always growing. Otherwise, someone is going to outgrow you. To your point about AI, a lot of people are putting their head in the sand. Oh, AI. No, I'm not going to learn AI. And to your point, I wanted to create the lead magic. Four different ones. Now, yes, I'm going to have to. AI is not to the point yet where I can completely replace me. And I got four lead magnets freebie book things written in 10 minutes and then I'm going to go in and change it instead of me starting from scratch taking one of three hours but I think you're right it's a big important point to be able to constantly develop and seek resources mentors coaches you name it and as your point was earlier too to give so much value people would be crazy not to stick with you not to, to love you as a leader, not to buy from you, work with you, refer you, those kind of, and promote you. 
if you're going to do corporate leader versus an entrepreneur, I think that's a really, really great question. I, I want to be clear. Did I answer your question fully? I'm not sure I did. Yeah, no, I think that's a great response to it and just helps. Again, it was looking in general just for both resources that people can look for, as well as what types of skills should they be focused on. And that really, it leads me to, I, I'm very intrigued with NLP. My, my past, my sales training that I had 20 years ago started talking about NLP and all that. And I'm not sure that necessarily our audience knows a lot about that. Would you maybe talk to us a little bit, James, about how do you incorporate NLP techniques into your coaching and training and how NLP can benefit business leaders in their communication, their decision-making, and just even their overall performance? And it's a great point. In fact, when I was at IBM, they had IBM sales training. And to your point, it was a very NLP based, or at least a subset of NLP, because NLP is a big, great, large field and body of work techniques, ways of looking at things differently and, and ways to, to, to model the most successful people in the world and, and model their behaviors and have mm-hmm. excellence in modeling, or rather modeling excellence, and then recreating it in ourselves. So if they do that, and they're really successful, by definition, if I use similar things myself, then I should be wildly successful too. So that's where NLP came from, modeling and studying the most successful people, leaders, captains, ministry, therapists, entrepreneurs, coaches, CEOs, you name an athlete in the world. And NLP, which stands for neuro brain, neuro linguistic language programming. And I often refer to it as neuro linguistic reprogramming as well, because it can also reprogram a lot of our limitations that we've installed in ourselves, that other people, parents, culture in society, news, you name it, teachers have programmed in us, but who we should or couldn't be, who we can or can't be, why we can't do something, why we're not good enough, why we're not worth it, whatever the, these deeper beliefs we have that keep us stuck. So NLP gives you a really great tool set. And when I talk about influence and teach influence, persuasion, winning trust and rapport, in my courses, in my speaking, again, the NLP tools are a great add-on for that. And the principles we learned in NLP uh, are really great principles to, again, sales, influence, persuasion, leadership, to help you be, again, just like the best leaders, CEOs, coaches, therapists, mentors, athletes, performers, and even like Socrates, Aristotle, right? Philosophers, the best people in the world, most successful people in the world, it gives you tools that they have because they came from that to be wildly successful. It helps you work on yourself, work, work on your brain, your, your, your imposter syndrome, again, the programs in the past, that crap in the past, you all carrying with us, doubts, fears, worries that again, slow us down or stop us. I don't believe in procrastination. I don't believe anyone's lazy. I don't believe in that. It, the doubts, the fears, the worries, and the subconscious stuff. That's actually 95% of our brain is, is our subconscious or unconscious brain, right? 95%, our 5% of our conscious mind is our logic brain. Well, I'd like to get a promotion. I'd like to speak out more. I'd like to lose weight. I'd like to get out there, put myself out there and find a great me. That's the 5%. The 95% is the one that says, what if they don't like me? What if I fail? What if they, they fired me? What if what she doesn't like me? What if she puts me down? What if? 
And so the tools will let you reprogram all about the fears, the worries, the, the, again, imposter syndrome, self-doubt. And that's why I love these tools. And in my courses, you help know, win trust, be a great leader, be influential, sell more, be more effective. A lot of tools we use and teach are NLP, neuro, how to understand your brain and other people's brains. So you can, again, become more influential, you can work with people better, you can understand people better, have them support you, do what you want. So it's not a manipulative way, but do what you want, do what you ask and follow your leadership. So those oh, are a lot of the principles, linguistic, again, communication, power communication. Here's an interesting statistic, actually. We're missing anywhere from 60 to 90% of the people we communicate with our message. It goes right over their heads due to different learning styles, different communication styles, or different information processing styles. And fascinating. So if we can even just double or triple the amount of people that actually hear your message and see your point, make sense of what you're saying, and then value you, value the company, your service, your leadership, they value you as a person highly. Everything else is way, way easier. If I, that's the only thing I do is help you communicate and reach to double or triple the amount of people automatically with these tools. And that's one big thing NLP helps with. Imagine the possibility. Imagine the possibilities. You're literally actually, you can change nothing else. You can do nothing else. You just have two to three times the amount of people get it, understand you, hear you, value you, see you. Magic happens. No, so true. You were just talking about the importance of communication and all that. And it made me think as leaders, it's not only our own mind that we need to take control of and the attitude, but we need to help guide our team. Can you talk to me a little bit about how do you recommend that business leaders apply themselves to effectively motivate and inspire their teams? Because we're talking leaders here, people that are following leaders. How do leaders effectively motivate their teams? And there, there's the great question. And there, there's many ways. One of them, John Maxwell talks about the levels of leadership and being a level five leader, right? So level one is being known for a boss. You're a boss, people have to obey you. And there's different stages, being known for what, being known for everything. And then at the top, it's being known for, for what you represent. For example, Steve Jobs of Apple or Elon Musk or Bill Gates or, or whoever, right? Yeah. So Richard Branson, Matt Nagani, Mother Teresa, the level five leadership is standing for something. People that stand for the same thing and want what you're standing for, want to achieve the things you're achieving and want to contribute to the things you stand for, whatever that is, inside and outside of a company, personally and professionally. That's one of the best ways to attract the best talent. They will gravitate towards you. They will want to learn everything from you. They will want to serve and support you and help you win. As you help them win, if you have a common, I'll say a common goal, they love your vision and they love what you represent in the company, whatever, having fun and having wild success at the same time, or making a big change, becoming influential and just everyone being raw and real and stopping what people, stopping worrying, excuse me, about what people think of it, whatever it is, anything, but it's what you represent being a level five leader that John Maxwell talks about. Share it, speak it out. If the business or the people you're around don't resonate with that, with what you really stand for, then you're in the wrong place or you're attracting the wrong company. So uh, being a, a leader that 
puts out and speaks from the rooftops, if you will, shouts from the rooftop what you represent. There's a saying, people don't buy your what, people buy your why. People buy why you do it. And it's very mm -hmm. true. They buy what you're passionate about and why you do it. Anyone can, I don't know, sell training or a computer or a phone or whatever, like a mouse, anything, anyone can sell anything. And if, but it's the why you do it, the why you're passionate about your story, your hero's journey, your rise and fall and what you want to create in the world and in the organization that people resonate with. That's why they buy you, buy your thing. That's why they'll work with you. Wow, he represents this, he represents this, they represent that. That sounds amazing. I'm totally on board with that. That's my, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to contribute to. And that's one of the biggest success tools and principles. Be a level five leader. Shout from the rooftops what you think. Not everyone's going to agree with you. That's okay. Not everyone's going to love you. That's okay. You want that polarization and most of us just, and I was too, I was there. I was so fearful of not being like, I was a people pleaser. I kept my head down. I, I shut up most of the time. I didn't contribute and I wasn't seen as valuable. Had a big surprise. I wasn't seen as valuable. I didn't contribute. I shut up. I didn't challenge things, didn't challenge points, didn't add to things. I didn't make big, big, big risks, big decisions because I, I was so worried what people thought about me and they wouldn't like me. Fast forward to today, yes, of course, I want to be a likable person. I want to be influential and make a big difference in the world. Oh, I've stopped worrying what people think about me. I've stopped worrying if there's people out there that don't like me. Because when you have that polarization, when that polarization occurs, some people love me and some people really don't die with me. That's okay. That's what we want. You don't want lukewarm, ah, he's okay. James is okay. Jonathan's okay. You don't want this lukewarm liking this. People are not going to do their best for you. People are not going to buy from you. People are not going to promote you. They're not going to support you with just, oh yeah, he's okay. She's okay. They're okay. Whatever. And nary a second thought versus the people that don't like you, they'll go away. And people that love you will support you. They'll follow you. They'll buy from you. They'll refer to you. They'll promote you. They'll find ways to help you win. So that's one of the biggest things as well is just speak your message from the rooftop and avoid worrying what people think about the other thing would be that a lot of leaders I've been, I'm interviewing a bunch of leaders for my new book, World Class Influence. And a lot of leaders say, we need to bring humanity back to the workplace, back to business, bring humanity back. And, and I agree. It's become too much about hired fire and sales and cutting and margins and this and that without realizing the bigger effect of all of this stuff. Killing rapport. Yeah, you make one quarter increase your share prices because your costs are lower. But you cut all the employees, you've killed morale, uh, you know, and eventually people are going to get burned out by doing the job of two, three people. Your business is going to go down the road. And we've seen that happen a lot. That's the other thing too, just to make sure you're supporting your people, make sure you're present, you're listening and bring humanity back, treat people like people, really listen, show people you care, find ways of showing people that you are really care about. It's another big I call it a secret, big tip or key that I see a lot of people from the mistake they're making. They're too busy for something. Everyone's like, I'm too busy for that. I'm too busy to manage my employee. I'm too busy to support them. I'm too busy to coax them. Busy to listen to their problems, whatever. My rebuttal is why you're there. You're not there to button push. You're there to support and empower your team. And in, in return, they will support and empower you and help you win. So be very careful about the I'm busy being busy on other stuff and all the, the minutia 
of the 80-20 rule, the 20% versus work. Look on that 20% that gives you the 80% result, which is your people, whether your clients or your teams, your, your, your superiors. Work on that. The 20% that'll get you 80% of the results is your people. Again, like I said, clients, colleagues, teammates, whoever it might be. I think that's a big thing too, it, to work on them, develop them. Not, oh yeah, we have a development plan we talk about once a year or every quarter. Really develop people, really listen. What do you need? Make sure they feel seen and heard. And again, you can nip problems in the bud and stop a problem as it starts without getting big and exploding. And people will love you. They'll fight for you. They'll stick around during hard times. They'll give their best for you. And thus, you are going to win. Your team is going to win. Well, I'd say be, be an amazing leader. Be a charismatic, thoughtful, caring leader. If you don't care about people, you're not going to make a very good leader. You may be a, a boss. You may be a boss that people probably won't like that much. And they're not going to stick around for. You'll have a lot of turnover. And you'll have just so performance at best. No, Versus, again, a level five leader represents something, stand for something, stand for your team, stand for creating amazing leadership and empowering the entire company, starting with your team. So those are, those are some of the big principles. And again, walk the talk, heaven forbid, walk the talk. People will do 10% of what you say. They'll do 90% of what you do. That's a big mistake I find too. People, they're, they're not walking the talk, right? They're whatever it is. And we attract people like us. So if we're being a certain way, we're going to attract people like that. Customers, employees, physicians, situations. So be who you want to be and you attract. Be who you want to attract. And you're going to bring those people into your life and your teams, your clients, whoever you work with, will, will respond to you. Or the energy, that vibe, that, that, that action, the actions you put out. Those are some of the main tips. I think for today, and based on what we talked about again, find a way to bring humanity back to workplace and really listen, really listen. I promise you, you can't go wrong by really, by listening to people and creating great deep relationships. We'll love you. It's a Can't go wrong. Fantastic advice. I think we could dig into that for another hour and really pull it <laughs> apart. And I really appreciate you. You sharing some of those insights, that's absolutely fantastic. As we mentioned earlier on, James, one of the things we do here is we, because we call it the 91 Day Success Podcast, we like to ask, let's change the hat for just a moment. And maybe not in your case, because you are a coach, so this might sure. fit right in. But if you had to start over, and I think as I shared with you, I, I we base this on a book from Russell Brunson called 30 Days where he interviewed a bunch of people and basically said, if you had to start over and had 30 days, what would you do? We didn't think 30 days was enough and we liked the number 91 better. So we said, if you had a thousand dollars and you were going to start over, what would you do in the first 91 days to build a successful business, put the foundations in place to be able to do that? Any quick thoughts on that at all? Yeah, it's a great question. I narrow it down by, okay, what am I good at? Who do I want to help? What lights me up? Because we could do anything, right? We could shovel ditches or I could plant flowers or something. Really thinking of, hey, who do I love to work with? What do I love to do? Some of them the hard way because I've experienced and it creates authenticity as well. It, it, what am I good at? And who do I want to help? Who do I want to serve? Who do I want to help? What, who do I want to work with? Um, and at that point, then talking to them. 
talking to people. So many people avoid talking to people. Talk to people. What help do you need? Where do you want to go? How do you want to win? What are your challenges and struggles? Get out there and talk to people. Take notes. It'll become a book, by the way. It can become a book. It becomes a podcast series. It can become blog. You're just literally talking to those people's pains on all your blogs, your podcasts, your TikToks, your shorts, your lives, or whatever. In your book, ebook, your big book, talk to people. Ask them what they want in life, what the challenges are. Again, in a narrow, in the people you want to serve. And if you don't know who you want to serve, go to and serve different people or talk to different people. Who you like hearing from? Who you like helping? Who bores you to tears? Who excites you? passionate about helping. I love helping leaders because we can make a massive impact by helping leaders. If I help, I don't know, florists, not that there's anything wrong with florists, but if I help florists, I'm not sure I'd make the impact that I want in the world. So I love working with leaders, not to pick on florists or anything. But if I love working with leaders, who lights you up? Go talk to them. Find ways to share value. Find ways to add value. Find ways to help them and serve them on a whole new level that they're not getting served right now and what they want it's not working what would they love to have or be able to do and then find ways to solve those problems with it find ways to effectively efficiently solve those problems and some of that is creating content and i don't mean hiding call it hiding i don't mean just literally creating social media content and that's all you do you never attend a networking event or never make a phone call or a sales call or anything like that social media is good Create content, share content with the world, and lead them to soft, have a journey for them. That, that was a great video. Now what the heck do I do? That was a great training. Now what the heck do I do? Here's how to continue the journey. Here's the next step for you. Here's the next call, the next course, the next video, the next training, the next thing for you. It's just, again, find ways to add value. It doesn't always have to be with content. Events. It can be coaching. Coaching people. to talk to people. What do you need? Um, so that, that would be one of my biggest things, find ways to make it efficient. And a very good way to do that is digital, digital articles, search and not they, all your articles, by the way, all your content will help you with search and optimization, help people find you, especially when you have it transcribed. Speaking of the tool you mentioned, transcribe it, mm-hmm. all the things to do, I would have a text transcripted somewhere on your website as well. And again, people will find you now. It's easy to do. It's fast. You can use something like otter.ai or fathom.ai, all these things to create the text. And that way you can have content for your book. Effortless, effortless context and content for a book, things like that book. Some of you creating a program, of course. Probably one of my biggest things is just talk to people. They're getting in front of people. Work on yourself is a big one too, because if you have a pop self there. The amount of getting up there talking to people may be limited. Or when it comes to helping them, you may have that self-doubt. Who will lie to think I can help people, whatever that is. Work on that. Invest in yourself. Invest in personal development because the level of your personal development may be the level of your professional success and the amount of money and, of course, the amount of service you can give. That would be just one more to tie it all out. That would be, oh, I guess the last one. Find people, find great partners to support you. Find affiliates, find people with this, with similar, you can get referrals, but a network group. So that's great too, of course, do that. What I find is more, much more efficient is find people with your same target audience. Hey, you also speak to leaders or you also talk, teach to lawyers. Do you also market to, I don't know, florists? 
whatever it is. I don't know if it's politics today. You market these people. Let's do some co-events or co-branding. Let's discuss, you know, where your service stops and where mine begins and how to refer people back and forth, how to create joint events for people. Your people can come, my people can come. I think just finding affiliates and people that can support you versus the massive amount of networking people did, which is also good. The massive amount of networking people did, which is good, although less attention. The lawyer may not get what you knew, John. I don't count me not fully yet and then how to refer to people that I get. They may or may not have the same target client. Maybe it's a, it's an account specifically for leads. Cool. Then we are. So just make sure there's some public connection that find that's a more effective way, more effective use of your time and of networking and of creating affiliates or partners versus just, Hey, I'm James. Hey, great. Hey, let's promise to refer back and forth. Uh, a great example, Jonathan, is you and I, you think a lot alike, you do different things. A lot of our customers have similar pain props, similar basis. They tend to be similar people. It's a lot of leaders, business leaders, business owners that want to grow. So again, we're a perfect example. Great partners to, to join events and to introduce each other to each other's audience. Well, I'm a, I don't know, I'm a casket maker that makes caskets to, to the elderly. And I'm a social media marketing expert that markets to teenagers. Yeah, you can refer to each other and be great friends and referral partners. However, the efficiency of that effectiveness is a lot lower than having the same or similar customers. Even if you guys overlap a bit, that's okay. Even if you overlap a bit, avoid worrying, avoid you having these lack programs or worry that, oh, they didn't take my business. That's a lack mentality and that's the results. So. Awesome. Fantastic response. Fantastic feedback. I really appreciate it. James, I know you're very busy. In fact, I know you've got another call. You need to jump on here in literally like three minutes. So I want to thank you so much for your time, for your insight, for everything else. You've been a tremendous guest and I really want to thank you. We're going to wrap this session up. If you've stuck with us, we're going to put James's contact information down below. I really want to encourage you. If you want some leadership development training, you're looking for some guidance, reach out, buy his book, reach out to him, talk about his coaching program, some of his groups. James is a tremendous resource and I want to highly recommend him. With that, I want to make it a great day and we'll see you on the other side. Bye-bye now.